0: I'm Nell, and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show from the hotel room here in Chiang Mai. And this week's radio show is called The Narcissist Marriage to the False Self. We've been having a lot of discussions on Facebook and through my articles and radio shows lately about ego. We've talked about how the ego is the defenses, the false stories, the outer looking at problems, the unconsciousness and the disconnection from self, which stops us from healing, growing and evolving. In last week's article, I described how the ego can operate in our minds when we have wounds inside us, gaps that it can attack. And when you have a look at the blog article relating to this radio show, you'll be able to see the link to that. And in this radio show, I want to start off by discussing how the narcissist relates to his or her ego and then, as always, I want to bring the power back to our own self-awareness on this topic. Those of us who have been in narcissistic relationships can relate to how narcissists would rather be right than happy. How invested they are in their egoic versions which necessitate making reality fit the stories in their heads despite the obvious destruction that causes. We've all discovered how we were dispensable in the face of this and how everything, not just ourselves, security, marriage, prior promises and even children are thrown under the bus to uphold diversion that the narcissist's almighty ego created. a version that is about impunity, being above reproach, and zero tolerance towards anything, opposing the egoic version whatsoever. What on earth is that about? A sad but obvious truth. That's what it's about. The truth is, the narcissist is married to his or her ego. With the false self is where the narcissist's total commitment and allegiance lies. So what is this marriage about? Is it a willing marriage? Is it an arranged marriage? One thing is for sure, it's not a marriage based on mutual reciprocity and love. It's a marriage fueled by fear, dependency, and takeover. Let me explain. The marriage with the false self occurred without the narcissist really knowing it was happening. The original payoff to the narcissist for aligning with the false self was it granted a buffer against the wounds of the true self. The ego provided another version, a grandiose platform of stories that generated feelings of being special, unique and superior. At some point in the narcissist's life, generally as a small child, the narcissist unconsciously divorced from his or her true self, deciding it was not good enough to get vital needs met Or this child had role models of entitlement and ego, or was spoilt to believe I can have what I want when I act in self-absorbed ways. The more that the ego was used as a vehicle of operation, the more the true self withered up and became ineffective. This created bigger unhealed emotional wounds, unattended to and spreading, and more gaps for the ego to attack. And I talked a lot about those gaps in last week's radio show and article. The narcissist has become so stripped of true self-resources, which are self-reflection, becoming conscious, self-soothing, self-love, self-acceptance, emotional evolution, and development of self, that more and more detachment of of the true self occurred. The chronic disowning of the true self is this ultimate egoic defense. If I am vulnerable, real about my young wounds with myself or others, I will be annihilated. Sadly and tragically, this was very true for some children when they were children, but it never needs to be for adults who partner self. Emotional realness is the essential base camp of everyone's ascension to true freedom. The following is the vicious cycle as the ego taking over the true self. Egoic acts occur out of integrity, generated from false stories, which diminish the true self further. Then the loss of integrity in the true self creates more cracks, more gaps, more wounds for the false self to enter and control the show. By the time the narcissist has reached the behaviours of narcissistic personality disorder, the ego has taken over. The narcissist is married to the ego because he or she is dependent on it. The narcissist won't and can't let the ego go. The narcissist's ego is the total dispenser and governor of how the narcissist feels. The unhealed and forever festering disowned inner wounds create the gaps for pathology and delusions to take place. On a good day when the narcissist has served the ego well and generated enough narcissistic supply, which is the evidence to confirm the false self grandiosity, the narcissist will be rewarded by the false self with delusions of acclaim that provide relief from the original wounds of deep shame and unworthiness. The marriage to the ego supplies all sorts of stories and feelings at these times, such as, you are the sexiest thing alive. Everyone is in awe of you. Look at how incredible, valuable, smart and fantastic you are. Is it any wonder everybody's jealous of you? And so on and so forth. Yet when the narcissist's false self hasn't received enough of a feed from the narcissist's endeavours that day, their ego will brutally assault the original wounds. You are useless, worthless, ugly, not good enough, and a total failure. Look at you, you piece of nasty adjective. The truth about this marriage is the narcissist is a slave to his one and only true master. The relentless, never-contempt false self. He or she is trying to keep it appeased so that it will stop emotionally annihilating the narcissist. The narcissist's marriage to the false self is made in hell. Its basis is extreme conditional love. I will only grant you stories that temporarily distract you from your never-ending pain if you give me exactly what I want. The problem is, the bar is always being raised. The narcissist believes he or she is God, meaning there is no higher power than the narcissist and no one more superior. Because that's the story. The ego is always grandstanding to the narcissist. Or maybe we should say the vessel who was the person before the false self-takeover. Maybe at this point, there is no separation. Sam Fachman writes about how narcissists do really bad stuff, and it's like seeing somebody else doing it, but having no control, like being numbed out and viewing it as a third person. Interestingly, both the narcissists in my life expressed to me similar descriptions. Yet the narcissist can't recognise that the false self delusions are just voices in his or her head. It feels like an identity. And there is no healthy, solid, true self available to make the distinction. Rather than being a healthy, true self, the narcissist can't establish good feelings or become them and has to take them from life in others in order to try and get relief from the inverted emotional descent into constant pain. So how did the false self take over? The reasons that it could are because the original disowned wounds within the narcissist that are horrific and screaming and are not getting any attention are the sufficient pain and fear, they're the food, to allow the false self to take up home in the most permanent and cemented way. The only way to free oneself from a false self ego is to become conscious. The narcissist decided, in stark contrast, to divorce the true self and makes no attempt to heal it and revive it. With the false self uncontested and at the helm, what exists now is anti-life, not life force. This is effectively an emotional black hole that has to devour life force energy in order to exist. Which is exactly what the myth of vampires is modeled on. And it's a very powerful myth. It's about narcissists. The energy, sorry, the marriage to the false self is a one-way street. The false self gets a constant feed of pain and destruction from its host, the narcissist, and can mobilize the narcissist into sucking energy from his or her environment. From the narcissist's side, the payoffs of temporary relief come at a huge price. The more the false self gets, the more energized the false self becomes, and the more the false self wants. Then the more the narcissist has to go after stuff to offset the original wounds that the false self batters when it doesn't get what it wants. And no matter what the false self gets, it will find a way to be dissatisfied with it. The narcissist is clueless that his or her feelings of emptiness and never feeling genuinely satisfied or at peace, are not his or her true self. They are the imposter, the ego. And the narcissist is hooked on the random payouts of grandiosity, the quietness, screams of the damaged, abused, young true self, which is his or her real identity, which has never grown up and it's never recovered. In fact, so much damage has happened that the narcissist is at peril of losing touch with all reality, without any chance, with any chance of it being reinstated, becoming less and less likely. The compelling illusion, the lies that the false self has provided have kept the narcissist away from the truth. This is the truth. The true self is a gateway to bigger and better things. Partnering with the true self and giving, getting it to a healthy state grants connection to the bigness of life, access to more expansion, wisdom, manifestation ability, abundance, joy, love. In fact, any state that's deeply desired. The false self promises these things and makes the narcissist believe that only the false self can generate these things in order to get the narcissist to serve as required. Does that sound familiar? Does it sound like what you experienced with a narcissist? Does much of what I've just spoken about sound familiar? So the truth to the narcissist The truth is, the narcissist is completely disconnected from the truth. That the marriage to our true self expands individuals into infinite multiplication beyond what was possible as a small personality self separated from the energetic field of all that is. The narcissist doesn't know this. The narcissist can't trust this. The narcissist can't feel this because of the disintegration of the true self and because of the hold the false self has which makes sure the narcissist won't access this truth. That makes sure that the narcissist will not wake up and become conscious. So what can compete with the narcissist's ego? Their answer is nobody appeasing the narcissist's false self is a full-time concern for the narcissist hence why obtaining narcissistic supply is so necessary and is the only true mission of the narcissist's existence the narcissist's relationship with you was being directed by the false self adore this one this one recognises how special you are this one makes other people envy you brings you the resources you deserve, will have sex with you in ways that makes you know the God that you are, grants you the right connections, etc. Later down the track, naturally after the massive personality cracks appear and you are no longer handing over such adoration and stuff, the narcissist's ego pipes up with, this person is untrustworthy, adulterous, ugly to look at, no good for anything, out to get your money, a pain in the neck, using you for their self-gain, dissatisfying, selfish in bed, and of course so much more. Because their ego is no longer getting its high-grade feed of its significance, it will come up with every story to tell the narcissist how bad you are and why you deserve to be dumped, punished, or annihilated. The truth is, you were never married to the narcissist because there is no one there. You were simply an extension of the vessel that was the narcissist and who had been taken over by the false self. You too were serving the human psychic virus, the ego, via the narcissist. Thank God you can divorce from that. Thank God you are not the totally corrupted shell the narcissist is. Thank God you can get away and heal, unlike the narcissist who can't. So, a really profound truth is this the narcissist treats you identically to how the narcissist's false self treats the narcissist. How could the narcissist treat you any differently? It appears to be the narcissist, however, the true culprit is the unconsciousness of ego. A marriage to false self comprises of the following. Enough is never enough. Nothing is ever good enough. You are never good enough. Accountability is never taken. Excuses are made. Delusions are created when things fall short of unrealistic expectation. Blame is dispensed. Anger, pain, fear, anxiety, depression, and addiction is the norm. And gross separation, distrust, and competition with self, life, and others prevail. Truly, this is a marriage that ends up in demise, eventually for all participants, even for the virus, ego. Because when the host is dead, so is the cancer that killed him or her. So how does the virus of extreme unconsciousness live on, by infecting others, including future generations. So, during and when the relationship with the narcissist ends, you have been poisoned profoundly. You have been inflicted with the psychic disease of the false self, the emptiness, the loss of life force. And the feeling like you have nothing left of yourself other than an empty shell. And you feel like you have been violated and infiltrated by the voices of the false self. The voices of accusation, damnation and the highlighting of all of your gaps, all your insecurities that make you feel unworthy, unlovable, shameful and defective. So this is the breakdown, breakthrough point. Do we choose to remain unconscious? If so, we can only remain disconnected from self, point the finger outwards, and hand our power away by adopting the victimhood model. This doesn't lead us to our true self. Or we may adopt the, strat- the strategy if I can't beat them, join them, and become consciousless, pathological, and narcissistic ourselves. I promise you, either way keeps the pain going and feeds the ego. Your ego, which is a part of the same unconscious psychic virus. The human psychic virus that thrives off fear and pain was all originally created by myths, caused by myths, creating separation division from our own inner beings, separation division from Source God, and separation division from each other. This is the human psychic virus that is responsible for every act of aggression, every insanity on this planet. And this is the exact reason why we claim to model humanity, yet just a fraction of the money spent on weapons of mass destruction could shelter, feed and clothe every single man, woman and child. So back to your personal choice after being narcissistic abused. By far, the highest choice is we can use this experience of the worst pain and fear, the greatest hell, disconnection we have ever felt, to finally come home to the oneness and truth that we are all coded to live and generate for ourselves and others. Maybe your life depends on it. Maybe the life you are modelling for your children depends on it. Maybe the future of humanity depends on it. So I can't state the following enough. Truly, it's the message I write about in every article and it's the same message I speak about in every radio show. And this is the message. It all starts within you. People want the what to do like a practical instruction book. There is a practical instruction book, but it's about inner work. If I was to write one sentence, which summed up the whole instruction book, it would be this, release your inner wounds and all of the illusions. Create space and then bring source, truth, and connection in. I receive emails occasionally from people that go like this, I really believe in your work and I want to try your NARP program because I see what it does for people constantly. But please, I don't want to get hooked into some new age, airy-fairy stuff. Please." Explain to me why it isn't. I have to confess, I still have to breathe when I receive these emails before responding. And I have to remember the days when I used to be so linear, so logical, and had to physically see it to believe it. In stark contrast, I now know, when I feel it as real in my body, then I will physically see it. You see, to come home, we have to be willing to turn the old premises on their head and look at life and ourselves at a quantum level, which is the understanding that everything we see and experience is only a reality that was created from the unseen world first. The quantum level also includes what is going on within our inner being. To me, the simplest way to describe this is literally heaven or hell. And I don't see these places as destinations. I see and feel them as inner states. We are either connected to oneness, source, and life, heaven, or we are disconnected and suffering the consequences, which is hell. The state of unconsciousness and being belted up by our egos is the latter. Our ego and unconsciousness does not operate in the former. So how do we create a marriage with our true self? The same way we would create a true marriage to any person. We would love unconditionally. We would commit and devote and do all we could to support, nourish and flourish that being to become the greatest expression of self, which includes full honesty and having the difficult discussions with love when needed in order to assist this being to become more conscious and expand. What would that level of cherishing with our own inner being look like? It would look like this. We love unconditionally. We decide to stop, or more effectively we shift past, the old tapes of degradation, shame, blame, unworthiness, not enough, self-criticism and self-hatred. And that is regardless of how those tapes got there. And we make the decision and act upon it by choosing to love ourselves with thoughts, words and actions that mean it, regardless of what condition we are in right now. We don't say, okay, one day when you're healed, whole and perfect enough for me to love you, then I might, but only if you decide you're worthy of it. We don't say, if only you had the right job, a slim enough stomach, not too many wrinkles, enough money in the bank and a successful relationship, will I love you? We wake up and we realize it is insanity to try to badger hate and judge ourselves into well-being. And we commit. We say, I am here with you. I am signed up. I am not going anywhere. And I am your partner in life eternally. Because we are. And we commit to making it the most loving, compassionate, fulfilling, growth-inspired journey we can create with ourselves, coupled with the incredible resources of life, source, and creation. And we stop trying to get someone else a false substitute to be that source. We devote. We don't run away from ourselves when the going gets tough. At these times, we step up even more. We do all we can to support, nourish and flourish our being to be its greatest expression of self. We do what it takes to heal, grow, develop and shine. We want that for ourselves and we partner ourselves to achieve it and we make it our greatest mission. We know that life, us and others are all connected. We understand the quantum level of oneness. And we realise that we cannot contribute healthily to anything if we are not coming from our true self-state. We don't need to be perfectly healed. However, we do need to be connected to ourselves with love, acceptance and honest embracing of ourselves. We need to be living out of the terrain of unattended to wounds which cause us to be poisoned with victimisation, blame, shame, self-hatred, regret and resentment. We need to be evolving ourselves past the unconsciousness of the human virus of separation which causes all of these things. That's what the commitment to marry our true self would look like. So let's have a look at disconnection versus connection. This is it, in a nutshell, the very core belief. It creates the fear and pain of disconnection from the whole. Life happens to me. I'm not a generator of it and therefore not responsible for what happens. I'm a victim of life. We are not all one. What this belief really is, is this. I am separated from life, source and others. That is exactly the belief that causes all abuse and abused and it creates abusers. It created all of the destruction on our planet. If we all knew the truth, if we all saw and felt and realized the quantum level, there is no way what goes on would. We would know we are all connected, which means when I damage another, I damage myself. There is no separation. The most powerful statement you can ever make to start to anchor into coming home to your true self state is this. Life is not happening to me. It is happening through me. We are all one. Therefore, I'm a part in generating everything in my experience because everything in my experience represents an aspect of myself. Then rather than looking futilely at the outside, trying to fix it, change it, and make it behave a certain way to stop the inner pain, rather. You would simply go inside and free yourself of your parts that are involved. And it works every time because you are working at the core of the truth. Then people shift into authenticity in your presence. Or you will show up by having honest conversations without fear. Which clears misunderstanding and creates authentic relationships of deep connection or the people and situations that are not a match for your inner authenticity and self-partnering get mysteriously and even suddenly taken out of your experience. And often this happens straight after you show up in integrity without fear. A coincidence? Absolutely not. The more this clean-up self-first orientation happens, the more you will notice people who are genuinely lovely, warm and supportive seem to pop up in your life. Connections flourish and new opportunities show up that you never had access to before. And there will be so many less roadblocks in your life because there is so much more energy available for creation and forward movement and inspiration rather than battling with old stuck issues. So how do we get there? By marrying our true self. By you declaring, okay sister or brother, we are together eternally it seems. And we are generating all of it in this experience so let's get this happening. Let's stop the illusions, the pain and separation and trying to create false substitutes and outside love and approval and let's partner deeply, lovingly and honestly. I know you have wounds, probably tons of them but I'm going to love you even more because of them. I'm going to love you so much that I'm going to do everything I can to free you from this pain and release you to be the glorious, deserving being you really are, to be the highest experience of your life, co-generating authentically with life. And wow, what an amazing time we're going to have doing this together. If you commit to that, you have just performed your self-marriage ceremony unconditionally. That is self-love. That is self-devotion. And that is the template that generates the identical reflection back from the resources of life, which are also healthy, genuine, and available for your highest beingness. So let's have a look at the understanding of beingness concepts. Many people post or write, I really want to get what you write, but I can't. And the reason why some of my concepts are initially hard to grasp is because you can't merely think this stuff to make it work. You have to experience it. You can't experience it for real unless you do the journey inwards to self-partner. And you can't experience it for real until you've shifted enough wounds out of your body, brought in your true self source connection in order to feel these truths as real in your body. Otherwise, these concepts can just be words with no real meaning. I promise you, I couldn't write what I do unless I had done this. And if you go back through my blogs and my radio shows, You will see the progression of how the growth happens. I am not unique. I don't have any more evolution potential than anyone else. For all of us, the progression continues and expands into more wholeness, joy and connection to the oneness, the truth on a quantum level. When you are firmly committed to the daily development of your true self-state, I'm trying to explain the intangible, something you can't smell, taste, touch or feel. You have to live it to know it and then you will know it. When I posted on Facebook a couple of days ago for people to share what marrying their true self meant to them, I really want to just finish up by sharing with you some of the glorious responses from people regarding their self-partnering. One Facebook member wrote, marriage to our true self is being the loving parent and higher source to ourselves. A total acceptance of who we are and loving every imperfect part of being safe, generous, of looking out for each other, for the greater good of each other, being present in sickness and in health, engaging in every level of growth together, sharing our joys, tears, fears, likes and dislikes, of having a voice and being visible to understand and work together with ease and simplicity without any pretense or fear of judgment, of being authentic with self and with each other. And the next one was this. Self-marriage would entail me lavishing all the love and effort and attention and time that I've directed away from myself on myself. True commitment that is created with source. So I guess that makes three of us in this marriage. I couldn't agree more, that is so true. <clears throat> and the next being forgiving and allowing myself to make mistakes honesty acceptance and healing and the next to treat myself as I would treat others I lavished love and attention on others but I did not do that for myself now I see that it has to start with me first emanate from within and move out in my activity it doesn't mean I stop giving attention to others It means that my priority is to take care of me first and then I have the energy and wisdom to proceed with others. And the next, married to my true self, I would never fall into a place of longing for anything. I'd be so strong in self that I'd stay buoyant and present. And if I saw something or someone that I wanted, I'd feel, that's for me, I can do that, and why not? And the next, compassion for self above all else. And the next, marrying my true self would mean aligning with my true values and living by them every day, and attracting and being attracted by those who also share those values. For me, these values are honesty, truth, integrity, authenticity, joy and freedom. And the last one, marrying my true self would mean having so much loving respect and value for me and for our relationship that it would give me the worthiness of an absolute commitment. I would cherish and enjoy me and be so blessed to enjoy the journey of growing up and old together. I would be at peace knowing I never have to be alone ever again. All of those shares are really powerful words. So I hope that this radio show has inspired you to deeply, devotedly, irrevocably, eternally and passionately marry your true self. And I really look forward to your comments and your replies on Facebook and on the blog article that will be coming out tomorrow. And I hope that this radio show has really resonated with you and helped you understand a lot. So that's it for me until next week. Lots of love, everybody, and bye-bye.